It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nashville Predators lose their third straight preseason game, and new coach Andrew Burnett has a little bit of concern after the game. Plus, we get our first look at the Predators' new top line and an up-and-down preseason for Yaroslav Askarov. We'll talk all of that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start with a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you always give us. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. All right. So Nashville Predators play their third preseason game of the year. Uh, the good news is they didn't give up 10 goals in a five-hour span uh, this time. Perspective is everything. Yeah, uh, but they did fall 2-1 to one, uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, and, uh, yeah, some interesting stuff from this game. We got our first look at what appears to be at least two thirds of the mm-hmm. new top line. Uh, plus another look at Yaroslav Askarov, who's kind of had a up and down training camp slash preseason so far. We are going to talk about those angles coming up in just a little bit, but first let's get, uh, to last night's preseason game. Um, a two, one loss, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and here's the caveat, Anne. It, mm-hmm. It's preseason, and I think everybody's getting that. It's like, oh, it's just a preseason loss. I, I guess here's the only thing. Uh, you know, like early on in preseason, you see a lot of like six to one and, you know, right. five, one, you know, kind of like lopsided scores early on. That's because typically uh, the home team kind of plays some of their regular guys and the road teams usually kind of play like some minor leaguers, some guys that they want to rotate in and out. Uh, a, cause Hey, the home guys maybe don't want to travel uh, early on so far that that's kind of how it goes in NHL preseason. That was the case last night. Uh, Tampa played like almost kind of nobody. Right. You no, know, a couple of, a couple of their like regular third and fourth line guys, but you know, no Stamkos, no Kucherov, right. no Vasilevsky. Um, and the Nashville Predators played the vast majority of what looks like a regular lineup. Sands, you know, the fourth line and bottom pair. Right. Uh, where guys kind of rotating in and out. So from that perspective, uh, on paper, the Nashville Predators should have spanked uh, this version of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they didn't. And I think that's where maybe a little bit of the uh-oh, is mm-hmm. coming in from this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think everybody kind of went in seeing the rosters. You know, Nashville is playing its top guys. You know, Colton Sissons wasn't in there. So Yakov Trennan. So some of the regulars weren't in there. But it was Yossi. It was Forsberg. It was Ryan O'Reilly. It was Luke Shen. You know, it was Gus Nyquist. It was Cody Glass. So you have your kind of NHL 
regulars Mm -hmm. in there. And it didn't look like NHL regulars playing, you know, guys battling for an opportunity. And I get why people are concerned. Here's the, here's the caveat I want to say. And, and I know that I am a optimist, but I also think that this is real. You do have veterans that played for the Nashville Predators. You wanted to see them really dominate in this game. I don't think Yossi and Forsberg had their best games. Seemed like a lot of rust on those guys. But here's what you have to remember. It may be veteran players, but they are playing a new system. And so, you know, it made me really wonder, one of the things Barry Trotz has talked about is like, hey, have patience. This is a young roster. And I think the thing that Predators fans will need to actually have more patience with is installing a new system. Like, I really think that that's going to be the aspect of the team this season that's going to require more patience because you have veteran players who are unlearning and relearning. And I think that played a part in what was a little bit of a disappointing performance from the Predators. Now, again, don't think Yossi and Forsberg had their best games, think they looked a little bit rusty. I like to say the ice was extra slippery. We'll blame it on the ice. I don't know. But I do think that a lot of it was system related. Yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, and and Andrew Burnett talked about that a little bit after the game because you mentioned this is like a new system. And I think, you know, the expectation was, you know, some of the veteran guys uh, were going to kind of come in and, and thrive and, and maybe unlock something. And and to be clear, this is just their first preseason game. Right. Uh, so, th- you know, th- there's a lot of time to do that throughout the season. But, uh, you know, Andrew Burnett, you know, kind of seemed like it's maybe going a little bit slower than he expected. Let's listen to what he said uh, you know, about his takeaway from the first few preseason games afterwards. Well, there's a lot of work to be done. I think coming in, we, we knew we were asking a lot of these guys is a different style than they played. There's always going to be a, you know, a little bump in the road that we're not executing and they're not, they get caught in between at different times. I think we get up a few too many odd man rushes because we're a little bit caught in between. Um, and again, it was the first game for all these guys. It's a different, different system. Um, so I think you, you add a little bit of rust and a little bit of uncertainty with with the group. We've got a lot of things to work on. We're we're uh, you know we're a long ways away to to be exactly where we want. I thought we worked, we competed, we tried. Which as a coach, it's really all you can ask for. Now it's my job to to tighten things up here a little bit and and day by day get a little bit better. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's interesting what he said. You know, maybe about them being like caught in between because you could see, you know some some hesitation and i remember you know talking uh to some other national people sort of when uh john hines took over mm-hmm. and you know kind of like early into that uh covid late start year and you know the preds got better later on but like early on um you know the the one phrase uh, somebody mentioned was they're playing like a team that hasn't had the Peter Laviolette beaten out of them yet. Yes. And it's kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of seeing it here where I feel like what we've seen in the first couple of preseason games and, uh, and you know, we talked about it after the Florida doubleheader is we see flashes mm-hmm. um, from some of these regular lines of, you know, what, what they can look like under Andrew Burnett's system. But we also kind of see some old habits as well. Right. 
Yeah. And I think unlearning things is as challenging as relearning things. Um, and, you know, so much about this reset was about roster, roster, roster. I think so much about this reset is in actuality is going to be about systems. And, you know, Ryan O'Reilly talked in the post game, he kind of used the word thinking. And I think that's what you saw last night is you see players like Forsberg and Yossi and Ryan O'Reilly and and these players that I know Nashville is going to need to rely on to be competitive, but you see them thinking the game. They're still in that thinking. They're still in that learning that what unlearning what would be natural under a different system and thinking, what do I want to do now? And I think you saw a lot of that in the Predators game. You saw them thinking hockey more than you necessarily saw them playing hockey. And and that's going to improve as they get more and more comfortable with what Andrew Burnett wants to see. But it was was a hard, um, I, I think people were disappointed in, you know, realistically or not, you know, it's a good little check. Like this is, this is a process. This is not speed dating. This is courtship. Like this is a long process. Yeah. And and then, you know, I would say to add to that, you know, the Predators have another preseason game um, Saturday Mm -hmm. against the Lightning. And then uh, there are expected to maybe be some more additional roster cuts uh, some guys either sent back to their junior teams or sent to Milwaukee for the start of Admirals camp. Um, yeah, I would expect that to happen after this weekend's Gold Star game or, or the Gold Star game that's coming up. Um, and, and so I would say in those last two preseason games, you're probably going to get close to regular lineup. And once some of these people leave camp, you're going to start seeing more players routinely playing together that are probably going to play with each other during the regular season. Uh, It feels like there's still maybe some roster battles happening. Maybe some guys that, you know, maybe they're on the, the first line, you know, we talked, you know, Cole Smith was on that first line earlier last night. It was Dennis Gurianoff. Uh, who knows if maybe we're going to see, you know, somebody like Phil Tomasino mm-hmm. uh, or Luke Evangelista maybe play up. Um, you know, Yuso Parsonen has also um, not been here right. for the past few days because he's nursing an injury. Like, where does he fall in? So it feels like, you know, after maybe we get through this weekend's preseason game, uh, we're going to see sort of the roster thin out a little bit. Yes. And we're probably going to get a better idea. Uh, of who's going to play where. And then, as you mentioned, once we figure that out, then we can start building, you know, chemistry with some of the line mates. Then we can kind of get into, okay, we see you thinking about what you want to do, but now it's going to start becoming second nature to actually do yes. it during yeah. the game. And may- maybe that cuts out some of the overthinking. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's a process. And no, Nashville wasn't where I think fans and, and, and even Andrew Burnett kind of hoped that they would be in the game last night. But I think there were some good things. And I think keep big picture like this is a huge transition, not just roster, it's systems. And I think that maybe we've underestimated how big a transition systems is going to be more so than even just bringing in young players and developing them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We mentioned one of those line combinations that we're probably going to see is Philip Forsberg with Ryan O'Reilly. Last night was the first opportunity we've seen those two play with each other in a game. So how do they do and how do they feel their chemistry uh, is rolling? So we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's episode 
brought to you by DoorDash. Uh, chances are something like this has happened to you. You go to the grocery store, you get all your groceries, you're ready to go home and cook some food. You start cooking and oh my God, you forgot that ingredient. You forgot those little uh, bag of herbs that you needed. Uh, you forgot the potatoes for something. Uh, you don't need to stop cooking to run to the store yet again. You can just get what you need on DoorDash. You already trust DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you can get your grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. And you get exactly what you order or DoorDash will make it right. And if you want even more value, you can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DashPass membership. And with easy substitutions you can make right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. Again, 50% up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. Again, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, Dan, we are talking last night's 2-1 to one preseason loss for the Nashville Predators versus, um, I guess, some version of the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, I, guess, I guess we should say the Syracuse Crunch featuring some Tampa Bay Lightning role players and also Watson. Uh, Austin who, Watson who in a fight with Michael McCarron. Uh, so who knew yeah. we wanted that? Yeah, uh, it was fun for like the four seconds it happened. It's very true. Yeah, yeah. the four seconds it happened. That is not an underestimation. <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually might be a little bit of an overestimation, uh, to yeah. be honest. It was uh, the beginning of the game at Puck Drop. You could see as they were getting ready, you could see Philip Forsberg and Austin Watson just kind of ready for Puck Drop, but just chatting it up. So it was it was great to see Austin Watson back. Yeah, uh, I'm very thankful we didn't have a Philip Forsberg-Austin Watson fight there. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. No. Uh, um, the, the one big headline, speaking of Forsberg, was last night was the first chance that we got to see Philip Forsberg mm -hmm. and Ryan O'Reilly together. We sort of figured out uh, throughout tr uh, training camp and preseason that those are the two guys that are going to be working together throughout the regular season, or at least to start it. Uh, last night was our first look at them together and uh, in a game action what did you think, you know, about that that pairing on the top line? I think there is so much potential here, and I'm not sure that 
maybe it was showcased as well as we would have liked it to be in the game yesterday. But I'm telling you, there is really something good in this combination. I think Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly think the game very similar. I think they play at a very similar pace. Um, in the post-game press conference, Andrew Brunette talked about Ryan O'Reilly, and he said, look, this is a guy who is one of the smartest players in the NHL right now. And here's what's real. Philip Forsberg can think the game at Ryan O'Reilly's speed. So there is something really great about this combination. Um, I think it will open up opportunities for Philip Forsberg. It's going to be very interesting to me. Like you said, Denis Garyanov was on the line with them uh, last night. It's going to be interesting to see where that third person, like who that third person is going to be on that line, because like, you know, they've tried Cole Smith, they did Dennis Garyanov. So that's going to impact how effective this line is. But there is something really great about the Ryan O'Reilly, Philip Forsberg combination. And Philip Forsberg needs that. Like Philip Forsberg deserves, I guess, is just kind of a weird word, but he deserves to have a player who can set him up for success. Like I think Ryan O'Reilly is going to be able to do. Maybe didn't see as much of that in the game last night as we would have liked, but y'all trust me, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they've had good early returns as well. And that's, it's, it's important for those two to kind of be the guys that carry the offense, not just because, you know, they're, they're probably the two best forwards on the team at this point, Anne, but also because they're the two veterans. And sometimes it's difficult when a situation like the Nashville Preds, when you're probably going to have some people rotating uh, in and out of the lineup. I mean, that's just yeah. the case of kind of a team that's sort of, you know, rebuilding, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you also have these young players coming up in, uh, in and out of the lineup, trying to earn their role. Uh, so it's going to be important for those two, I think, to kind of provide the stability mm. to the Predators lineup, both kind of in the locker room, uh, and at the top, you know, we just want them to kind of be a steady force. So, you know, those are the two that I think need to step it up. And again, you saw some flashes of that last night. Um, they were also together on that top power play unit yeah. as well, who had a really good, um, you know, kind of setup and puck rotation on the Tommy Novak goal. Tommy Novak was a part of that number one power play unit, which I think is uh, something notable as well. Yes. It kind of tells you what Andrew Burnett thinks of Tommy Novak early. That was sort of one of the big questions we had going into camp. Um, but, but you see flashes of it there. And, and I think as this, preseason goes on and as we get into the regular season and the weeks start to go on the more that chemistry builds the better off the Nashville Predators are going to be and the stronger team they're going to look as well yeah they are really going to be the players who are going to drive the offense they're going to drive the offense and who ends up with them I don't know like I think that this could be a scenario where it's going to take a little while into the regular season for them to land on a line mate with these two and it may be something that Andrew Burnett tinkers with all season long but I think these are the two guys who are going to have to drive the offense um, and, and not to say that, you know, Cody Glass didn't have some great, you know, flashes. Tommy Novak can do the same. We know Colton Sissons, you know, depth piece that he can drive some offense. But the pressure offensively, the the motor for the Predators has to be Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg. And it's there, y'all. It's there. 
you know, again, it comes back to let's get them to a point where they're not thinking the system, but it's there. There's there's some chemistry there. Yeah. And we'd asked Ryan O'Reilly last night after the game just about what it's like working with Fordsburg early on. And, and here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, gosh, since the um, last couple of weeks and obviously training camp here playing together. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the chemistry's there. I think it's something that um, you have to continue to build on. And, you know, I think as we go more games too, it's going to get more comfortable and such. But, you know, again, just reading off each other, jumping in those areas. And even tonight I felt, you know, I know for myself, um, <clears throat> just like the timing and stuff, that's always kind of tough to find, you know, after not playing for a while. Um, so sometimes it's kind of overskating, underskating, and just the way it goes. But um, I'm very excited. Yeah, so much of it, I think, is experience. You know what I mean? Like you just got to put in the minutes now. Like these guys can can play the game really well together. It's just that experience. He talked about timing. It's just getting to the point where you really are even more comfortable reading the room with, you know, with each other. And that's going to happen with time, with practice, with games. So something good is there. It is going to get better. It's going to be very interesting to see who the other player is that can jump in and capitalize off of that. You know, yeah. that's, that's something I'm really curious to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another big person that players have been, or fans and players alike have been watching uh, during training camp has been Yaroslav Askarov, uh, the guy that a lot of people in Nashville think might be the goalie of the future. Uh, a little bit of an up and down preseason slash training camp for him, although he looked pretty good last night. We'll talk about his camp and what his expectations for 2024 are coming up in just a second. But first, I want to mention uh, that you are listening to the Locked on Predators podcast, your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So whether you're listening on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, or watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you always know when we have fresh content out for you. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to look at two players who maybe have been the biggest standouts of the season so far or of the preseason so far. And they're two players who probably aren't going to start the year in the NHL. We're talking about Spencer Stastny and Mark Del Gaizo. We will take an inside look at their preseason uh, coming up tomorrow on the Locked On Predators podcast. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dan, a big headline going into camp this year was Yaroslav Askarov, everyone's favorite adorable Russian child. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of expecting him to, you know, this to be sort of, I don't want to say breakout year because last mm -hmm. year was kind of his breakout year. But I think this was going to be the year that everybody sort of looked at him and went okay, we're seeing signs of why he's like, you know, he he's the number one prospect in the organization. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. It has been kind of up and down. You know, he um, played some in the preseason Florida, you know, split squad doubleheader, had some, you know, good moments, had a little bit of shaky moments. Uh, he had one practice where he felt like he was kind of a little bit off. Uh, one of my favorite moments with Yarrow and, 
really friends there are so many is in the post uh the post practice press conference they kind of asked him like you know how are you doing and he's like yeah i was a little bit off today you know and they're like you know kind of what do you you know what do you tell yourself how do you get back out there and he said and i'm not 100 sure i can say this on the podcast but just in the sweet russian accent he says shit happens mm -hmm. and just kind of laughed and 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 not that he does not take his job seriously. This is the beautiful dichotomy of Yaroslav Askarov. He is so engaging, darling, precious, um, fun, fun-loving. But this is a player who never mistake that personality for somebody who does not take his craft extremely seriously. So while he kind of joked about it in the post-game press conference, he's this is a young man who is doing the work. Like he is right. he is dialed in in training camp. So yeah, I think that there have been highs and in, in lows for him. But again, you got to go back to this is somebody who just played a full season. Now it was a long season. They had a long postseason. But yeah. prior to last season, he hadn't seen a lot of ice time. So it's an odd trajectory for him. And, and I think he's right where you kind of expect him to be when you look at the last, you know, two, three seasons for him. So a, just first of all, so precious. But second of all, tons of potential here. I just, it's so interesting to me because I can't quite figure out the future of goaltending with mm -hmm. Soros and Lankinen and Naskarov. Like, how is this going to unfold? Yeah, uh, that's a big question mark. And I bet you uh, what happens this season, uh, not just with the goalies, but with the Preds in general, uh, maybe will give us some hints on uh, what that future is going to be. Uh, of course, speaking of legendary goaltenders, the, the Preds have had some. <laughs> Uh, there's been UC Saros, uh, Pekka Rene, of course, club legend. So Askarov, if he's going to take that next step, has had some big shoes to fill. Uh, but the good news is he has got a lot of mentors to look up to. Uh, and he talked about that, just kind of, you know, what he's learned by watching uh, UC Saros and by working with Pekka Rene, who's back with the team working with goalies this camp. And usually when I was young, I just watch uh, two Finnish guys who played in Nashville. And I really liked it. I never know before, uh, and I didn't remember, uh, I never think before what uh, I can be in Nashville, you know. It was, it was serious, it was shocked for me. Because I remember probably 15, 14 years old, I watch highlights, NHL highlights, I watch how Nashville played against someone and I just remember how played backs and Jews it was it was unbelievable. So my favorite part about this conversation is then when we asked uh Eskarov, okay, so like what are you learning specifically from them? His response is it is a secret. <laughs> It's a secret. I will not tell you that. So it's, again, so engaging. But how fortunate is he? You know, he talks about, you know, growing up, these were two of the goaltenders that he would watch. And now here he is able to play with UC Saros. He's being coached by Pecorine. Now, he does make a really interesting point, you know, in talking about like, what are you, you know, what do you get from, from working with Saros, watching UC Saros? 
And again, it's a secret, but he does point out that like his game and Saros's game are two very different games. And so it's, it's apples and oranges in a lot of ways. So you, you almost can't compare them and he is not comfortable comparing himself to them. You know, he's very careful to say, you know, Saros and I play two very different style of games, but I think that the thing that's valuable to him is he's learning how to manage the job. Like he's learning how to manage the workload, not necessarily changing his style a ton. I'm not sure you can change Askarov's style very much. Like I think he just is who he is. But um, I think he's learning from Saros and from Rene. Like how do you navigate this job? How do you navigate this workload? How do you continue to improve your game? And I think that's what he's getting out of being surrounded by these two veterans. Yeah. And to add to your point, UC Saros doesn't play a whole lot like Pecorine. Very true. Uh, and Pecorine didn't play a whole lot like Tomas Focum. Yes. Back in the day either. So, you know, it, it's, I think what really speaks to how Nashville's developed goaltenders is they've had goaltenders with completely different styles come up through the system and keep having success. And I, I think that's a, a big thing to point out too, because, you know, it's not like, oh, it's not like the NFL where it's like, oh, we're just going to have a quarterback that really fits our system and we're going to keep drafting those types of players. And then that way they're going to be like system players and everything like that. They're finding out what makes these goalies unique and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, sort of enhancing their strengths and utilizing their strengths while also, you know, figuring out a way to kind of offset what they need to work on. Yeah. And it's a delicate, like you said, it, it's a dance when you've got such a wide variety of skill set. Like they're all very talented, but they play in very different ways. You know, Saros and Askarov, like apples and oranges, they play in different ways. But the fact that they can both thrive in the Predators organization, that's a huge credit to the staff of being able to identify what their strengths are and build on those, even though they may be very different. You know, uh, we talked with Troy uh, Groznik, who is going to be playing in Milwaukee, probably with uh, Askarov. And he talked about, you know, I'm a veteran. You know, th this is a guy who has seen a lot in net. Um, but he feels like, look, there's things I can learn from Yarrow you know, it's not just me going into this role to teach right. him things. There are things that I can learn because our games are different. And I think in a lot of ways, that's so beneficial for the Nashville Predators, a wide variety of goaltending styles. And I think they all are going to benefit from it in the end. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about that with Eric Denae and also uh, Aaron Sims a little bit, you know, yeah. talked about that Grossnick um, combo with Askarov. And I think how big that's going to be to Askarov's development this year. Cause uh, you know, we kind of speculated what the future is going to be. And uh, I think if you're the Nashville predators, the best case scenario uh, is he is in Milwaukee this year plays very well. And then next year he's in the NHL with UC Saros and then we'll figure out what happens after that. Right. It's the, what happens after that, that causes me stress, but one, one season at a time, y'all let's see how it goes this season. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're probably right about that. Uh, let's, let's keep, let's, let's work with the content we have right now. Before That's we right. Start panic talking about, uh, Right. Uh, the next 2024-25 NHL season. <laughs> Let's just uh, about what's on our plate right it now. It does. Yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah. So as we mentioned, the Nashville Predators have one more preseason game this week. It's going to be Saturday. Uh, and then we should start hearing uh, some roster news, which means we should really start uh, taking a closer look at what the actual battles are and what Andrew Burnett is thinking in terms of who goes where. So we'll keep an eye out on that. And plus tomorrow we'll talk about Mark Del Gaizo, sort of the forgotten prospect, and Spencer Stastny, two D-men who have played very, very well for the Predators, both in camp and preseason. We'll look at that their games coming up here in a bit. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter, X, at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter, X, at underscore NS Morgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Locked On at Predators or follow on Twitter, slash X, at LO underscore predators. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.